0: Welcome to Young and Sanctified, a podcast that meets on in the intersection of youth ministry, faith, culture, and society. My hope is to equip and encourage you as you aim to best disciple and love the next generation. Today I talked to Dr. Bill Urey, one of the Ambassadors of Holiness for the Salvation Army, former professor at Wesley Biblical Seminary and Systematic Theologian. And most importantly, a dear friend. We talk about holiness in youth ministry and why we should care today. I'm your host, Justin Posley. I hope you enjoy. Well, Dr. Bill Yuri, thank you so much for coming on this first ever podcast of Young and Sanctified. Um, we met a few years ago, but I'm super grateful for your willingness to make the time w- uh, for me.
1: Hey Justin, it's my privilege to be with you. Thank you for inviting me on such a vital topic, and I'm excited about your podcast. I pray the Lord's richest blessings on on this this endeavor. It's going to be a wonderfully used uh, uh, part of God's kingdom. So, thanks for joining it for stepping out by faith and doing this. This is great.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you so much. So, I'm anxious to hear from you on the topic of holiness as we'll talk about today. But as a, a prelude can you give a brief introduction of who you are, you know, what degrees you have, what experience and how you became one of the ambassadors of
1: holiness? Oh, you don't want to, you don't want all that stuff, but let <laughs> me just quickly do uh, grew group missionary kid in Taiwan, a rebel till 18. Jesus transformed my life when I was a freshman in college. And, um, from there, I soon realized by the, the community there that I'd been called to preach, but I fought that because I didn't want to ever go back to the mission field like my crazy mm-hmm. parents had raised me. So I really fought sanctification for four long years. It was very difficult to want to be a Christian, but know that portion of my life, my plans were my plan, not the Lord's. Mm. So at 22, I was sanctified, entirely sanctified at a chapel at Asbury College, and my life then began to take radical shifts um, in terms of where I was going to go with my life, who I was going to marry, all those things became the Lord's will and not my own. And I was, I've never been sorry for one moment for, for that decision, his work in my life, uh, went to seminary, then, uh, graduate school taught for 23 years at Wesley biblical seminary in Jackson, Mississippi, a wonderful Wesleyan holiness school to this very day. Hmm. And, uh, then my wife and I were called to a church in North Carolina, we're there for five years, marvelous time of pastoring together. And out of the blue, really, it's a long story, but out of the blue for us came an invitation by the National Commander, David Jeffries, to consider being, uh, both of us together as a couple, the second ever National Ambassadors to Holiness in the Salvation Army. We weren't Salvationists at the time, uh, so we joined uh, within a few weeks and uh, prayed about it, of course, joined, and the Lord has given us almost five years now of mm. ministry talking about holiness wherever we go in the army and the receptivity of the hearts of those we can sense has been phenomenal. Mm. It's been a, an incredible, gracious gift of God to us. So that's that's my life in a nutshell. Have mm. Have four kids, all married and working on six grandkids by December. So we're really, really happy people.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, amen. Sounds like you have a, I, you know, I did not know that you grew up as, as a missionary's kid. That's yeah. A, yeah. Man, that's crazy. And it's interesting to hear how, how you talk about how sanctification works in your own life. And I haven't, I don't think I've ever heard someone say like, oh, I got sanctified at eight or yeah. saved at eight, 18, but sanctified later in my life. That's a um, yeah. different for me. And so I'm I'm interested to talk about that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah.
0: Um. So I think a good place for us to start is just define some of the words that we're going to be using. So to start yeah. us off, I think the question that should be answered is what is holiness and just in general. And I want to, a- I want to ask that question just because um, at least in youth ministry, you know, that's more of my expertise. I can't talk about any other thing really, but uh, in youth ministry, holiness in the Salvation Army is very ambiguous. So for instance, I'm not calling out Peer Magazine by any means, but I think it's important To see how they define it, they say first they use it, they define the literal translation of set apart, right? I think everyone does that when talking about holiness just because it's easy. (laughs) Set ourselves apart. Yeah. (laughs) They say this: holiness means that we do our very best to stay away from anything that would pull us away from Jesus, anything that would defile us. Holiness is a choice we make to be dedicated to God, to be put away or to put away the things that would pull us from Him and I I don't think there's anything wrong with that definition, but for me, it's still very ambiguous. You know, we kind of say it's set apart and it's a, it's a journey, it's a process, but um, it's still very ambiguous. So I'm curious if we could start there of what is holiness to you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin, thank you. And, uh, both your agreement with that article, those sentences, I'm with you on that, and also your reservation. And I think it's because I read recently something really helped me on this. Because holiness is what I have thought about and done for <laughs> uh, uh, for decades, and I still morning by morning in my own quiet time, I, I come back to the place of saying, "Lord, do I really fully understand, or will I ever fully grasp?" And mm-hmm. I, I think we need to be very careful. That when we're th- talking about the things of God, the mysteries of God, no one can define all these things perfectly. There's no mm. way. If I were to try to define the Trinity, if I were to f- try to define atonement, what actually mm. happens there? I mean, we I think I too often simplify the mysteries of God. So it doesn't mean there's not definition. There are definitions, but I don't I think what I was reading last week was a guy said. I think our theology books are clearer than God is on sanctification, you know. (laughs) And and that sort of says to us, be careful. We can have these outlines, these points that are important, but don't ever stop growing. Don't ever stop worshiping the Holy Mm. One. So I always start what is Holiness with, first of all, saying, well, who is God? If If you want to know what holiness is, you've got to start with His nature. So holiness for me, at base, is the nature of God Himself. There are two things that I think the Bible tells us that God was or is before creation, before anything exists. Um, He is holy and he is love. The Mm. two essence statements of scripture, holiness in the Old Testament, clearly love in the New Testament, clearly. They're both clear in both Testaments, but the the major point is you must know he's holy and that he's love. Mm. So that whatever the experience or doctrine of holiness means to us, it must always be based in his divine eternal nature, which gives me great hope. That mm-hmm. means it's not about me defining what you get or how you feel or what you don't do with your body, even though I know we need, we need to keep out of our lives whatever would keep us from intimacy with Jesus. And there is a definite part where that must be played out, but I don't start with that because that is called basically moralism. What I don't or don't do, don't do or do do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is moralism,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that can turn into self salvation. So I'm the one who sanctify myself by not drinking or not mm-hmm. smoking or something. Well, that's, that's never what the Bible says. It doesn't, doesn't stop with just an experience. There are actual life things you flow out into, like what you don't do. Think about the, the Ten Commandments. But without understanding that, that God comes to Moses in Exodus 3, 14, and says, I am Yahweh and I am holy the point about holiness is the being of God. I am the holy one. I am holy, Mm. meaning all holiness is tied to my nature, my essence. And I think we move from I am to he is, which is distancing God. He is holy. Mm -hmm. Then I make it even further distance by saying, well, I'm holy by separating myself unto him. Well, okay. That is not incorrect. It's just incomplete. Mm. And I think that's what you're sensing in your referencing that one definition. It's, it's, it's not wrong. It's just incomplete. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think most young people today are smart enough to say, hey, look, I've tried all the do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really change my heart. What's going to change my heart and from my being, my essence, that if the essence of God fills me with himself, then what comes out of that will be not just do's and don'ts, but, but reasonable do's and don'ts. Why are these results? It's because he's holy and I'm living in the Holy One. He's living in me. That shared love then assists or enables, mm-hmm. better is a better word, mm-hmm. me to eschew, to escape, to separate myself from things that would obfuscate or or, or shat, cast a shadow across my relationship with him. Uh, so that's what a love relationship is. And that's how I see holiness with the Holy One. It's a love relationship. Mm-hmm. Radically personal, intimate love whereby he can tell me, don't put that in your mouth. Don't do that with your body. And the intimacy that I get from scripture, of course, not just what I feel is from scripture, but that intimacy deepens over a lifetime. Um, and, and that's where I think for young people, we must help them to understand that. Hmm. you, Because without that radical intimacy, we end up in just deeper levels of perfectionistic moralism, which kills spiritual life. It becomes Phariseeism, legalism, uh, uh, condescension about to other people who don't act like we act. There's nothing like that in Jesus. He's not condescending. He's not rejecting people who drink. He, he The Holy One comes to party with them in their own room, and he offers them life, mm-hmm. his transformative life, in every one of those contexts. Hmm. So we must be filled with that life. If we're going to offer anything of Jesus in this world today. Um, I often laugh to myself when I watch the news, you know, I think I read something last, last night about the, the correction of, of pronouns that we can say, or can't say in universities. Mm -hmm. To to me, that's a level of perfectionism. I mean, the world requires me to respond perfectly to everyone, no matter what they claim about themselves these days. Hmm. So that, That is not the gospel. The Lord's not asking me to have perfect performance. That is not what biblical holiness is. It's a heart first that does help me to know how to speak in love to people. But it's not the opposite way of demanding that I agree with a set of standards first. That, I think, will push most people away from holiness. They know inherently, I can't do that. I can't do enough knows or don't do enough things to make myself pure Hmm. somebody's got to come from outside of me to make me what he wants me to be so that's where I would start if that's Mm -hmm. clear maybe not clear but that's where I would start anyway
0: yeah yeah no that is very it's it's a for me at least just hearing you is it's a paradigmatic shift of this intimate love relationship because at least in youth ministry there's this idea of um, moral therapeutic deism yeah. Um, which sounds yeah. like like moralism um, similar, but it, in youth ministry literature, they, they talk about this moral therapeutic deism as a youth. I don't, right. that, I don't think it's taught, but it's what's received, is that they believe that I have to follow all these rules in order to have a right relationship with God. Yeah. But you're yeah. saying that with holiness, it's the complete opposite. Yes. With, with the relationship... That like, are we? Tra- are you saying that we're transformed into people that will that will just naturally become virtues uh, of following these rules? Like we don't even think about it, but it becomes who we are. <laughs> no,
1: I wish it would be not, not think about it. That would be perfect, perfect world. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I, I do. I do think we think about it, sure. and I think that's part of the growth process because none of us are able. I don't. I mean, maybe some, but n- most of us are not able to step back and say. Okay, the Bible clearly indicates a personal, passionate relationship with Jesus. I've got that. Now let's get to the obedience stuff. Most of us go through it up and down, sort of. Lord, is that does that please you? Does that not? I, I don't want to make you unhappy. I love mm-hmm. you. I mean, we're all normal human beings with lots of background damage, misperceptions, bad theology, all that junk. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm talking in the main. It is a paradigm shift. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. But it may occur that we post-legalists need to say, we tried that, it didn't work, now what does Jesus mean, be holy as I am holy? Mm-hmm. If he means that, really, this mm-hmm. side of heaven, then I've got to take this very seriously. If the doing for Jesus hasn't worked, then what is going to work? The answer must be his life by his Holy Spirit in me. I love what John Wesley says, the Holy Spirit can only make holy. So wherever he is, he's the holy making spirit. Hmm. And, and that helps me because the Holy Spirit doesn't come to just baptize my legalism or to make me feel good. He comes to make me holy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that means I've got his assistance. <laughs> Whatever he's doing in me is making me more holy, more like him. Now, for me, entire sanctification means I'd say, Lord, holy one, start in me, your totally sanctifying work. I mean, begin it now.
2: Mm, That's
1: where the entirety begins. My whole heart yielded to you and him. That's nothing about me. It's all about him, but it's that personal relationship of me understanding just initially who he is. And Lord, I I want you to not stop until you're pleased with every area of my life and keep Mm. going until you're pleased. Uh, I want nothing to be hidden, nothing to be held back. I want nothing of my own. I want you to be in charge and total control. And that's why the set apart language is beautiful. That's dedication. It is biblical.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I would just say that it's much more than that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's as if the set apart language of the Old Testament was preparatory for the New Testament's understanding of the Holy Spirit coming in his fire like cleansing personal power to, to inflame my heart, to, inf- to inform my entire life to infuse me with his presence, which is what uh, Pentecost, I think, shows to us. Something happens there. That's that's an initiation that had never occurred in the people of God before. Now, God had dreamed of it. He had offered it. He had promised it. But it didn't occur until Pentecost. And that's mm-hmm. because Jesus had to come. He said, mm-hmm. it: I have to come, die for you, and I have to go to heaven for you to receive another comforter just like me. Mm. So, so that, that's the flow for me of scripture. And we dare not stop with Old Testament views of holiness. We don't; They're good, they're revealed, but you can't stop there. It's not just set apart, consecration, dedication. That becomes me. Focus on me. Hmm. Am I set apart? Am I dedicated? Am I consecrated? Well, no, of course that's good. It's just incomplete. And hmm. that's why I would come to the life theme. It can't just be consecration given, you know, an object given to God. It's, mm-hmm. it's. I'm regenerated. I'm born anew. I'm born from above. I'm born of the spirit. So his life in me now becomes the source of the change of nature. Mm. I guess that's the point, is my actions must comport with my nature.
2: Mm. If
1: your nature is not cleansed, then whatever your actions are, are not going to be clean. They're not going to be pure. They're, they're going to have self in them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why so many of the holiness authors in our tradition talk about disposition, my heart disposition. Mm -hmm. That has to be cleansed. I can't cleanse my disposition. I can't cleanse my heart. He must cleanse my sinful nature. He must transform it. Then the actions of obedient love come out of that. Naturally, I guess you could say naturally. I'd rather say supernaturally. (laughs) He does in me his supernatural work so that he can help me obey his law. I just finished a weekend on sexuality with a bunch of marvelous salvationists. Hmm. You, you, can't, you, you can't obey all the laws of sexuality and then say, well, I'll keep lust in my heart. So hmm. all, all the externals of a sexual sin, you can say, I don't do it. Okay, great. But the Lord said, Jesus says, don't lust in your heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, who keeps, who keeps lust out of the heart? If, if he can't change me, everything I do with my heart is lustful in some way. I want, it, I want it for myself. I want mm-hmm. this for myself. I deserve this for myself. And that's where sanctification must, must. Uh, I guess, in our, our tradition as salvationists, make a difference. We've got mm-hmm. to talk about this inner experience and reality, not mm-hmm. just experience, but reality of a constant uh, intimate relationship with the holy making spirit. Uh, for me, that's the only hope of holiness mm-hmm. in, in actual life. So I, I sounded pretty, super spiritual before about what is holiness, <laughs> of course, God's nature, but it comes right down to everyday life. I mean, that's what the Bible's full of is everyday people who bumble and stumble and some of them really deeply sin. But in the end, the Lord says, he says to David and to other Kings, I see your heart is a whole heart. Hmm. You've, you've, you've committed sin. You've done, but you've asked for forgiveness. You've come back and I've produced in you a whole heart.
2: Hmm.
1: That oneness of heart is what I think the Bible means by a holy person. We can't, we, none of us can perform perfectly. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no way in a sinful world and sin soaked culture for any of us to not stumble somewhere, mm-hmm. but you don't have to stumble in rebellion or in violent rejection. That, that's a different kind of sin. Mm -hmm. The Bible Bible is very clear. Humans will never be perfect in performance, but they can have a clean heart. In fact, Mm -hmm. the Bible says a perfect heart. Uh, You can can be made perfect in in the sense that my one will, my one desire is to please Jesus with all of my being. So I don't want want to define holiness broader than the Bible. I don't want to Mm -hmm. make it impossible. The Bible seems to make it very possible for anyone who hungers for God. So that's Mm. what I think young people need to hear. And I pray, believe, and to live out because we older people have blown it. We've not done Mm. a very good job (laughs) at communicating the Mm. nature of holiness.
0: Sure. Sure. So for the sake of um, communication, like clearly communicating holiness, you you, you use the word heart and disposition a few times. So let's say I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, are you talking about like my physical beating heart or what, you know, and if it's not, what do you mean? Good question. <laughs> um, I know it's a it silly pop- question, but
1: it- no, it's not silly. It's it's marvelous. It's very important because I think you're talking about real people. I I tend to think in unreal categories, and, and you're you're driving me <laughs> back to real people. Sure. I, I think it. Do- uh, let me just say, I I think it includes my actual heart, mm. physical heart, in some sense. Mm-hmm. But beneath that, the biblical concept of heart is what motivates my entire being. So mm. disposition means how am I. How is my being, my who I am as a person, am I oriented toward lust, to materialism, to mm. idols, to myself, or am I oriented with all of my being toward Jesus, toward the triune God? And mm. I think that can be clear. I think a person can wake up in the morning and say, my entire existence is oriented toward Jesus. Mm. I don't know fully what that means. No human does,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and, and temptations are going to come within the hour to not... Think that way, not desire that. But I know where I am today. I know that there's no volitional sin in my life. I'm not disobeying anything Jesus has told me. Now, if he clarifies something today in another area, I will obey him there. I have no idea what's coming. I'm not responsible for that. I'm responsible for where I am right now. My entire person, my entire mind. What what it means to have a human disposition, my my heart direction maybe is better. My heart mm-hmm. focus is his glory, his, pure, his, his nature. I want to glorify Jesus with all of my life, my heart. That's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. And I think sinful heart means the opposite. It means I'm here to glorify myself, mm. to, to grab for myself, to make sure I'm recognized, I'm lauded, I'm thanked, I'm important. And the, all those things are sinful. We, we we cannot claim those things. Jesus not only came to take my sins, he came also to model for me hmm. what he wanted, what he can do, what he alone can do in my life, in my heart. He never thought ever in his life, what's in it for me?
2: Hmm.
1: He never said, I deserve better than this. Um, and he, he can produce in us a nature which says in, in a heart, in my heart of hearts, my inner being, a nature which says, Lord, you've set me free from always thinking about myself first, wanting my own way first. Uh, Of course, Paul makes it very clear in Galatians 2.20 that he continues to exist. He says, I, in four different ways in that verse, I won't go through it all with you, but he Mm -hmm. goes through it in a way to say that I don't exist because I, the sinful I, has been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, though, I have been risen. I've been raised with Christ. Mm -hmm. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So, there's a way of looking at yourself in a variety of, of directions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think sanctification makes each of those eyes very clear. Mm. The eye that never changes, the eye that must be sanctified, the eye that's in Christ, and how I now live. So, that all that must be put together in the Bible, and it takes it, I think it takes a while. Right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm intrigued that with Jesus, the disciples weren't sanctified while he was on earth. I'm very intrigued by that. Huh. They needed three years with Jesus, which means thirty hundred years for me. I'm so I'm so slow. <laughs> they needed three years and Pentecost to fulfill to have fulfilled in them what he dreamed and what he came to mm. produce. So until Jesus went to heaven, even the disciples weren't sanctified. But once he went to the right hand of the Father, he said, I can send you another comforter.
2: Mm. And
1: he will, and he lists all kinds of things the Spirit will do mm-hmm, for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's my hope in holiness is the Holy One's promise and purpose and his power, all those things are, are focused on fulfilling these beautiful promises to us. He, he means business, and he can do it in anyone who believes that he can do it. Our problem is we have so many reservations, so many barriers to this right. mm-hmm. that, that we sometimes spend our entire life looking for excuses not to be sanctified, and that, and that breaks my heart it says to me that we as an older generation have not modeled sanctified existence in a way that's attractive to young people. That's alluring to them. Mm
2: -hmm. And that
1: breaks my heart. Uh, uh, Once you've met a sanctified person, you know, it's possible
2: Mm -hmm. what the Mm -hmm.
1: Lord promises. And you, you understand that person's filled with holy love. They, everything out of their life comes as, as love. It's not Mm -hmm. self-centered. It's not grasping. It's not manipulative. It's, other oriented service and and just just a release of freedom to be uh not about themselves um so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that that should be the most common denominator in churches and sadly it is not Mm -hmm. uh yeah so maybe i've I've gone a field of your question again but that's just no no where um, i was going
2: yeah yeah Uh that
0: makes sense you know Mm -hmm. it's easier to grasp of you know the youth pastor in me is already thinking of like how to ask the kids of like you know where is your heart directed and i can give a few options or something and that's that you know that is an yeah. interesting idea of where where are you your desires pointing you yes um, so that's so that's very interesting of desires pointing towards christ or you yes. know the holy love that's so fascinating and that's such a vibrant yeah. theology of just it's so uh, i don't know what how to describe it yeah it's just uh, freeing in a sense that frees a, mm. a lot mm. um mm. so i want to mm. i want to make a little pivot i mean you've mentioned a few things already the answering this question. So in your time, uh, teaching holiness, right. Um, Wesley biblical seminary, right.
1: I did Uh for 23 years. Wow. Yeah. I I feel like at 23 years, I only got about one year of real maturity in that that time. (laughs) Again, I'm so slow and there's so much to learn and to think about, you know, when it comes to the nature of God, but yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, well, first I I appreciate your, your humility as you're talking about this. Um, but, uh, so in your experience teaching, and you know, seminary probably with young adults predominantly, I, I would imagine, yes. or younger yes. adults, um, yes. and also teaching across the nation. in The past five years, what are some <laughs> barriers have you seen of people understanding holiness, grasping it, and really owning it in
1: their own lives? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me dive in. I I, I could go over a variety of areas, but let me just let me let me let me say first of all, I don't know. Again, I want to blame the church. That the the, the I'm an older person now, so blame me. (laughs) I don't think we have preached the gospel completely. Mm. I think if you were to ask most people, what's the gospel? They would say, well, I've sinned. I I said a prayer, Jesus forgave me for my sins because of course he had to. That's what God has to do is when I say, I'm sorry, he has to forgive me. And then I I get up and kind of struggle through life. I mean, Mm. that's basically what the gospel is to people.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: When, When I hear the gospel most gospel preachers on the radio I'm just I'm just flummoxed I, I I can't believe it they say things like you've got to be godly you got to be pure don't do this with your body but we know you're always going to sin well mm-hmm. that's I think a young person says I I'm not stupid you want me to be good but I can't be good I mean that's that's right that's that's impossible mm-hmm. and so a, a brilliant younger person says I'm giving up I'm just gonna do something on my on my own I mean mm-hmm. why would I why would I invite myself into that kind of horror every day.
2: Hmm. Impossible
1: thing to meet, but meet it if you can. You can never quite meet it, so struggle until you go to heaven. Well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the, I look at the Bible, and honestly, I want to say, where do you find that? Where does anybody find that anemic, struggling, hmm. hopeless gospel? I don't find it anywhere. Right. And if you choose Romans 7, I want to just say, well, read the whole book then. Don't don't make that very confusing chapter for many people. Paul says, I want to do something. I can't. Mm-hmm. I do things I can't. Well, surely, you've got to read chapter 6 and 8 with 7. Mm-hmm. And apparently, he's got a whole perspective on struggle that can be found victorious in, in human life. So, mm. that's the first thing is we've not preached the gospel. Uh, and bec- for me, the gospel begins in the, in, the, in, in the creation, what God made us for to image his life, We've got sin, of course, and the rest of scripture deals with sin and sinful nature and culture and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But in the middle of sinful nature and culture, God keeps showing us pictures of people that truly please him. And those people Mm -hmm. who please him, that he loves, that are friends, that see him face to face, are those who want to be like him. They long to be like him. That's all he asks. Long Mm -hmm. for me, thirst for me, Mm -hmm. and you'll find me. Mm. Knock, seek, ask, you'll find me. I will show myself. He wants to show himself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the nation of Israel missed Jesus, missed, missed God, missed the Messiah. But individuals found him and they struggled. They, they fell, They typical stuff, but they had a pure heart. He keeps saying about Noah and Abraham and, and Ruth and people like that, men and women, uh, this is what I'm looking for. These are mm. the people I'm looking for. Mm. So it's possible. However, our inadequate theology, which as a salvationist, I think occurs at core cadets, maybe, it may be even earlier, I don't know, maybe throughout life, we have we have bought into the American evangelical gospel, which is anemic mm. and insufficient. Mm. It is not the full gospel. Uh, I, I, I always agonize on all these cool preachers on the You know, podcasts, (laughs) right? (laughs) Other other kinds of shows that that young people watch apparently uh, all the time, and I'm thinking, what are they? Are they able to discern? Are they able to Hmm. to, to say, I can take good stuff from that message, but when that person gets to the place of saying, you have to sin every day in thought, word, and deed, I don't agree with that, and this is why I don't agree with that. Hmm. I can accept everything else that's good, but that I cannot agree with. That is not biblical, that I have to sin. So if, hmm. if, I, if a person can, can be trained enough theologically to, to dive into all that stuff and be able to pull back and say, I'm distinct, they can then say the barrier to full holiness is somebody who does not understand all of scripture and for whatever reason is not able to, to understand with me that God's whole order of salvation from beginning to end, from prevenient grace before I ever knew Jesus existed all the way through to my last breaths on this earth, that entire relationship with God is one of making me like him. He has no other purpose. So Hmm. before heaven, before I go to be with Jesus, I want to live where Jesus enables me to live, not by my own ability, not by my small understanding, but by the full glorious life of God Hmm. offered to every person equally. Every one of us says he wants to give us his heart, his mind, his disposition, his purpose, his, his nature. I mean, that's his desire. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think the barrier has been we have offered to people for, what, 20, 30, 40, maybe more. Maybe, I mean, I look at American church and I think what, where we should be way farther along than we are theologically.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If the church was the church of Jesus, as we should be. America would not be where it is today. Mm. Where America is, is our fault. We have not offered the full life of the Holy One to people in the church, which is where Jesus always begins with his own people. He's very clear I begin with my own people, I purify them for the sake of the world. Mm -hmm. He starts out with Israel I want to make you a holy priesthood, a royal nation. Why? For the sake of the world. Mm -hmm. And if we could just allow him to make us a holy nation, a holy people, uh, then maybe the unholy world would be attracted, but they're not attracted because mm. we're we're not attractive. Mm. And, and I think, again, young people know that and they're like, I'll stay in the church, but man, I don't understand why we're not farther along mm. in loving each other cleanly and purely and completely and uh, and showing with mercy his love to all the world, you know? So... I I'm very challenged by my my young friends, mm-hmm. including you, mm. and I think you all see things and hear things that we older folks have sort of swept under the carpet. Don't want people to really look at, mm. and you're saying, "No, we've got to look at this. If we're going to make a difference in the world, we've got to look at it." Mm. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you kind of diving into that topic a little bit. Um, I don't know if you know this, so in your what you just said, you mentioned that part of the issue is. Uh, people not reading the Bible fully, right? Not understanding yes. the, the, the story of God in the Bible. Yes. Um, yes. Generation Z, so the ones that are in high school, but also some are in college now, they have been um, labeled as the most biblically illiterate generation. Mm.
2: Um,
0: mm-hmm. and, and so it's, it seems I'm starting to see a theme of, of what you're talking about, of why, how did we get here? Um, yeah. Part of it's we don't know the story we're trying to preach about. So that's interesting. Right. That's fascinating. And I'd be curious to learn more about some of the the history of the curriculum we're, we're using and um, history of Corcadette's history of the orange curriculum and stuff like that of, you know, is orange the curriculum, the curriculum we're yes. using, is that teaching holiness? Is that teaching the this mm-hmm. realigning our heart pointing towards God? So that's fascinating stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: We're running out of time here, but I want to ask yeah. you probably, yeah. not the most important, but one of the most important questions I'm going to ask um, and I'm not being pejorative about holiness in any way, but why should youth care? Why should youth care about holiness? Why should mm. youth leaders care about holiness? Why should officers mm. care about holiness? Because, I mean, mm. I have some pretty great officers now, um, yes. but I, I rarely hear officers preach holiness. You know, maybe it's a one Sunday out of, yeah. you know, a, a sermon series. So why yeah. should we care? And especially, yeah. you know, why should youth care?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, great questions, man. I, I probably should have been quiet and listened to you talk this entire podcast. I feel like you're much more, much more attuned to the needs of your people than i be. So thank you again for inviting me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to be repetitive, but I want to say if, you, if you're if you a theologian, which any, any Christian is, if you mm-hmm. care about who God is, you holiness has got to be at the top of your list
2: hmm.
1: because there are only two words, like I said in the beginning, that really get to the nature of God before anything else existed. The only two options you have are two. He's holy and he's love. So if those, two, and I think those are inseparable, by the way, they mean the same basic thing. If you want hmm. to know God, if you care about knowing God, then holiness must be what you're thinking about. It, In fact, it is or isn't what you're thinking about it all the time. Hmm. And that may be the problem is we've moved from holiness to sovereignty mm-hmm. or to mercy or to whatever justice, right. which are all expressions of holiness, but not in its essence, in their essence, holiness. They hmm. all come out of this holiness. He is just, he is merciful. But ultimately, he's holy and love. So I, I think that if, if you want to love somebody, you want to know mm-hmm. how to love them purely. If you mm-hmm. care about somebody else, you want to love them with holy love. That makes holiness very, very important. Mm. Secondly, if you want to be like Jesus, if you care to be like Jesus, you will be holy. I mean, it's not the big words that bother me. Regeneration, you know, participation, they're all beautiful words. But the bit, the small words scare me. Mm. Like, forgive if you don't forgive your brother as I forgive you, you're not forgiven. Mm -hmm. That little word as frightens me, Mm -hmm. which means I am to forgive as Christ forgave me. Mm -hmm. Now, holiness, shmoliness, whatever you want to talk about, if you can't forgive somebody like Jesus did, as he did, he said, you're not going to heaven. Mm -hmm. If you don't live as I live, he says, another verse says, if you don't uh, walk as he walked, Mm -hmm. if you're not pure as he is pure. So I care because I want to spend eternity with the Holy One but I want that Mm. eternal life to begin right now. That's the promise for me now Mm. is that I can live his life because his life is in me, in my heart, in this central core of my existence. He lives fully and Mm. he lives there without barriers. I mean, holiness is a a reduction. No, no, he removes them. It's it's a yielding of all of the berries in my heart to him saying Mm. any place where I'm damned off from you, Mm-hmm. shored up by my own self-esteem, my damage, my sinful path. Lord, you have access to all of that. I mm-hmm. don't understand it all. I don't see it all, but I'm giving you a, like a signed contract. I'm signing my name without even mm-hmm. reading the contract. You fill it out. Whatever you want from me, you've got.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that total relinquishing is, I think, the foundation of caring, and that's personal stuff. Mm-hmm. But now I want to shift, shift to one last point and say, this all has social implications. So if a young person, if an officer, if, if a soldier wants to truly offer the life of God in this world, the only way that's ever going to occur without us in the middle of it is by being sanctified. We can, we, I don't care if it's a cup of water or a meal or a prayer in a disaster when somebody's house is burned up. If you're not offering the holy love of God, you re, you're offering yourself, basically. Mm. And I don't think we have time before Jesus comes to play <laughs> around as a church anymore and say, you know what, the, the, America's going to hell in a handbasket. I'm just going to mm. sit back and watch it happen. I, I ought to say, Lord, I want to be involved mm-hmm. in the redemption of a culture,
2: mm.
1: in the salvation. Mm. I, could I say it? In the sanctification of a culture. Mm. This is going to sound strange. It's kind of laughable to people. But years ago, the Lord put on my heart the, 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 the MS-13 game. The hmm. most murderous gang that's in present, as far as I know, in America, right? What's also South America? It's all worldwide now. But he put the, the gang on my heart and said, Pray for them. And don't just pray for this gang, but pray for their sanctification. Hmm. So every time I see one of those sweet men or women with their tatted faces, I, I pray, Lord Jesus, sanctify that man, sanctify hmm. that woman. I don't think God's settled for just forgiving their sins. He he wants to restore his image in every single human being, his moral image, his his moral nature. Mm -hmm. And that's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of the gospel. That's the purpose of every prayer meeting. That's the purpose of every youth Bible study, that Mm -hmm. God would sanctify us entirely, birth his life anew in us to the place where we're set free from inward barriers, heart barriers, to be channels of his love Mm. to the world. And that that love is not become like me or look like me or stop doing those dirty things, but let God have full access to all of your life. And he can transform you inwardly and outwardly, behavior, whatever it is, but without this central core, this heart holiness that the old salvation has talked about. Mm -hmm. You'll never have a life of holiness. Heart holiness is the key to a life of holiness, and life of holiness touches the world. Hmm. Any hero that anybody listening to us has, any hero, Mother Teresa, Billy, whatever, you, whatever the, the hero, they will be people who have yielded their all to Jesus. We have no heroes in the church that haven't yielded everything to Jesus. I mean, think hmm. about the saints who died. They yielded everything to Jesus. I love him. I will die out of love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now that's physical death. The much more difficult, I think, is dying to to ourselves daily, mm. saying, "Jesus, I deny myself here. I won't participate in that. I, if it doesn't give you glory, I won't touch that. I won't. But I do it because I love you with all of my being. Mm. And I hope that's not a, a, a you know just a typical emotional repetition. I think it's key. Um, I would I would beg anybody, anybody, whatever age, to pick up the Bible. And begin to re- just go through any, not, not, maybe not First Chronicles. I know those, <laughs> those are a lot of dates and names. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else, even there, I think you can find it, but anywhere else. And just flip. This morning, I was in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. I thought, these guys are praying for their, the people of Israel that are already, they're, Jerusalem's already burnt to the ground because of its sin. They're still praying for hearts that are full of the Spirit of God. They're still praying hmm. for hearts that are cleansed that don't sin in thought, word, and deed. I mean, they, they, they still have a hope that God will produce a people that look like him, hmm. that look like Jesus, uh, because Jesus is in them. So uh, we've got lots more to talk about mm-hmm. and, and to, to deal with, but for me, it we've got to move beyond this, the typical sin management program of our present day
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and move to a place of, participation, personal holiness, enabled by the Holy Spirit. And we should care because we want to glorify God and we want to love people purely. If I want to love God with all my heart, I've got to be sanctified. And if I want to love my neighbor, my enemy, Mm -hmm. forgive my enemy, my MS-13 gang member, if I need, Mm -hmm. if I must forgive them and love them, even if they're causing mayhem in my own life, we can still, like Jesus, love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean they're not accountable for what they do. He keeps track of all sin. And we're all accountable for sin, but we've got to get serious about this in, our, in America. If we're going to see justice return, mm-hmm. equality deter- return, as he de- it's going to take sanctified hearts in church people, in young people. And I'm thrilled that the people listening to your podcast over the, the days and months and years to come mm-hmm. are people who are saying, I'm... I'm going for broke. I don't care what the older folks do or don't do. I see Jesus. I see what he wants, and I'm following him all the way. He can do whatever he wants in me, starting with me. He's got to start with somebody. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't, I would encourage your listeners not to critique only, but to say, okay, if I know what a hypocrite is, I don't want to be one. Mm. So, Lord, Lord, begin doing in me this, making my heart whole Mm. so I can serve you out of love for the rest of my life. Uh, He can do it. I believe, I know he can. I know we can do it.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Amen. A, amen. A, a, and <laughs> amen. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think what really stuck out to me is that when you said we should care because we want to glorify God and love people purely, I think there's no yes. greater argument than that because yeah. that's the, that's the culmination of the two greatest commandments. And, and yes. yeah, that's just truly beautiful. Well, uh, we are running yeah. a little bit out of time. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to thank you again. Dr. Yuri, for joining us and, and talking with me about uh, a topic that is really important to you, and it's growing on me, and I'm starting to mm. see the beauty of this this holiness as as, as it should be so important to me, mm. and I, and I pray that all of us can have our our desire pointed towards
1: Jesus. Amen. So thank you
0: again, Dr. Yuri
1: thanks for letting me share justin i know i probably raised a lot of questions that i wish i could answer with you but that'll be it for another day and you can do it much better than i so thank you for letting me join you i'm very honored brother good to see you yeah you too (laughs) okay bless you
0: well hey you made it this far so thank you so much for listening today Uh, i know it was a little long but in fact it was a little it was cut short actually Uh, Just We ran out of time, but I do thank you for your engagement, and I look forward to the future of this podcast and some interesting topics coming up of mental health and racial justice and social justice, all in the realm of youth ministry. So I look forward to it. I hope you do, too, and I will see you next time.